Well, good morning, and welcome once again to Milton Bible Church Online. It's great to be together as a church family, and so if you want to take a minute just to give a shout out, just uh, if you're on Facebook, just type in, hey, how you doing, or hit share or like, or whatever you do on Facebook, um, you know, just jump in and let's just greet one another this morning. Well, today we're continuing our series on the fruit of the Spirit, and Paul writes this in Galatians chapter 5. He says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Well, this morning, we're going to talk about peace, peace, peace on the outside, peace in our relationships, peace with one another. You know, a few years ago, we had a couple uh, attend our church for a season. They were from South Africa, and they were here on a work assignment in Canada, a short-term work assignment. And so they were here for just uh, a number of months. Um, and so I asked them, well, how's your transition into Canada, you know, going? You know, how are things going? And uh, the fellow said, well, I had to take a three-day cultural awareness uh, course in, before I started work. And I said, oh, was there anything interesting in that? And he said, yeah. He said, what they told me is that uh, in South Africa, we're a lot more direct, we're a lot more blunt, we're a lot more in your face. So they told us that we would have to change all that if we were going to do business in Canada. In fact, they said, if you do business in Canada like you do in South Africa, you're not going to be doing it long. You know, one of the things that's true if you travel around the world, you're going to find that a lot of people think Canadians are nice. Canadians are nice. We're nice to everybody. Um, uh, and that's kind of the reputation. Well, let me tell you two misconceptions that I want to talk to you about first before we look at peace and what it talks about in the Bible about biblical peace that Paul writes to the church in Galatia about. Two misconceptions about peace. First of all, a peace is not avoiding a problem. Just because two people don't talk about the elephant in the room, it doesn't mean that they have peace. In fact, one of the uh, major roots of marriages disintegrating is unresolved conflict in the relationship. And so just because you and I have failed to discuss an issue, it doesn't necessarily mean that we truly have peace. The second misconception about peace is peace is not appeasing someone. It's not an appeasement. It's not just me trying to make you feel good in order to uh, have peace in the relationship. You know, like we're walking around on eggshells so we don't get somebody angry or somebody upset or we avoid certain topics or we avoid, you know, being ourselves uh, because we're worried about how, what the other person is going to do. Appeasement is not peace. Peace, biblically, means order and well-being. Order and well-being. There's a word in the Old Testament that's used, and that word is shalom, and it means order and well-being. 
Many times when we think of the word peace, we do think of that Jewish word that, that the Jewish community still uses uh, continually. And it's a beautiful word. It's a wonderful word. It's the word shalom, which really means um, peace, order, and well-being to your life. So if you have somebody in the room with you, why don't you just turn to them and just say shalom. Or just say shalom out loud. It's a beautiful word to say. It has a lovely ring to it. And uh, we should be, get used to saying the word. But as I said, what it really means is order and well-being. So when the Bible says shalom, or you hear the word shalom, what people are really saying is, may your life have order and well-being. May there be a sense of security about your life. Wholeness well-being, may you have a, a firm foundation upon which you can stand. Let me illustrate this with Gideon. Gideon is a character from the book of Judges, and he just has a tremendous story. And we pick up the story where Gideon, he's in a wine press and he's threshing wheat. He's in hiding because the enemy, the Philistines, are constantly invading Israel during um, uh, harvest time and stealing their food from them. And so what Gideon does is he's taken some wheat, he's brought it to the wine press, he's grinding it in a flour in order to make some bread for his family. And all of a sudden, intersecting this story is God. And he finds Gideon in hiding in this place, and he says to him these words, O Gideon, man of valor. You know, it's kind of amusing that God says, O Gideon, man of valor, to a guy who's hiding in fear for his life. But he's talking about calling him a man of valor, a man of courage. And God looks at Gideon and he says, I would like you to be the leader of the nation of Israel. And he shares with him that he wants to lead, he wants Gideon to lead God's army into battle. Now here's what's interesting. After an argument with God, at the end of the conversation with God, do you know what Gideon does? It says in Judges chapter six, verse 24, it says, then Gideon built an, sorry, then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, the Lord is peace. After a discussion with God, Gideon builds an altar to worship the Lord. And he bows down and he calls that place, the Lord is peace, the Lord is shalom, the Lord is order and well-being. Now how can Gideon worship and make sacrifice to God, in a, in a, the God of peace, when there's all kinds of tension and turmoil and trouble around him. When he's facing a very dark period in his life, when he's about to go into battle, where there's going to be all kinds of hostility, how can Gideon make an altar to God, the God of peace in that situation? Well, it's very simple. Gideon understood Jehovah Shalom. Gideon experienced and understood peace. What it means is that you can have a sense of security, a sense of direction, a sense of the presence of God, a sense of peace, even in the midst of turmoil and trouble and tension and battle all around you. 
you can still have a sense of peace from God. And what God promises is that in the midst of our trouble, our difficulty, our darkest days, that God will walk right into our life and speak peace into our spirit. Even while everything around us is unraveling and coming undone. That's the kind of peace that God promises. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. That is the fruit of the Spirit that Paul is writing to this church in Galatia about. And he's saying, may you have this fruit of peace in your life and may it grow and may it flourish. Now, if you look at God's word, there are three experiences of peace. And I'm gonna take a moment to briefly explain each one of them. Three experiences of peace for the believer. And the first one is peace with God. And it's a spiritual experience. In John 14, verse 27, it says this. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. When we talk about having peace with God, what we're really saying is that God, through his son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross, bore our sin, and us, through faith in Christ, receive the forgiveness of sin in our lives so that we are no longer under condemnation. That's what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, there's, thou, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And it's a peace that comes in knowing that our sins are forgiven and that Jesus Christ is our Savior. It's a peace that comes from knowing that our name is written, written in the Lamb's book of life. It's a peace that comes from, as the writer of Hebrews says, knowing that God will never leave us or forsake us. It's a foundational peace that we build our life upon. I remember a woman coming to me one day and asking if she could uh, have an appointment with me, which was great. So we sat down and I said, how can I help? And she said, well, I wanna make sure that I've really accepted Jesus Christ as my savior. And so I, we went through kind of her history, talked about how she grew up in the church, how she went to Sunday school, how as a small child, she made a profession of faith. Uh, in Christ as her Savior, how, you know, she kind of drifted away, but kind of came back. But she said she had no peace, no assurance. And I said to her, so I, so I said to her, well, you know, what do you want to do? And she said, well, I'd like to accept Jesus as my Savior, and, and I really want to seal the deal and make sure. And you know what? I tried to talk her out of it. I said, well, look what's happened in your life. You did this, you did that, you did that, you did that. But you know what? She had no peace. And I said, you know, are you telling me that you really just want to make sure and accept Christ as your Savior right now? And she's like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. So I took her through the book of Romans and we hit on what, the verses, what we call the Romans road. And then we came to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And I said to her, you know, I'm so sorry, Diane. 
But let me ask you a question. Would you like to receive the free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord? And she said, yes, I would. And so we prayed together and she prayed to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as her personal savior. Let me ask you a question. Do you have peace with God? Diane, after all these years of fear and doubt, finally settled things. It's the peace that she received that helps us understand that God is in control and that this life is not all that there is, that our sins are forgiven and that life continues on and there is eternal life for the believer that only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. It's the kind of peace that we're talking about. So if you've not trusted Christ as Savior, I want to invite you to do that today. That's where this peace begins. That's where the foundation is laid that you can build upon. Receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. Make sure you do that today before the sun goes down. Three experiences of peace for the believer. First of all, there's peace with God a spiritual experience. But secondly, there's the peace of God, which is an emotional experience. In Philippians chapter four, verse seven, it says this, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Do you know what? If we find no peace within ourselves, it's useless to seek it elsewhere. It's the peace of God which comes to our life as God's children, especially during dark times. We feel it, it holds us steady when there's a tendency for us to feel unsteady. If we look at Romans 8.28, it talks about knowing that all things that happen to us are working for our good. And what happens, the writer of Romans tells us, that if we love God and we're walking obediently according to his plans, then everything that happens to us is for our good and for his glory. And Paul says that we know that all things work together for good. And when he says that, he's saying we know that all things work together for the ultimate good. Do you know there's some things in my life and some things in your life that we will never understand. And Paul says that we look through a glass darkly. In other words, our vision is not clear. In this earthly life, with these earthly situations happening all around us, there are things that are going to happen to us where, we're, where, where we'll say, you know what, it, it is not for my good. I don't like it. I don't understand it. It brings me pain. I don't want it. And it brings sorrow to me. But knowing that God is sovereign and that God is in control. Paul says all things work together for good, for the ultimate good. In other words, it's for our good and for God's glory. And we will not understand all things here on this side of the earth. But in God's great plan, not only for us, but for his people, ultimately way beyond our eyesight, and sometimes even beyond what our faith can grasp. This 
good is something that in God's sovereignty, he has planned for us and will be ultimately for our benefit. I mean, if you look carefully at Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, this is what it says. It describes it better than I could ever describe it. And the peace of God, notice this, notice this. It's the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. You and I can't even understand the peace of God. In other words, we can feel the peace of God without understanding it. And then it says, it will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Have you ever thought of the peace of God being a guard standing over your heart? Several years ago, Mary and I were with two of our children, and we were in London, England. And we wanted to go see Westminster, Westminster Abbey. And on the day that we were there, it just so happened that uh, Barack Obama was in uh, London as well, and he wanted to go see Westminster Abbey too. He was laying a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And so unknowingly, we went uh, to Westminster Abbey, not knowing something was already happening there. And uh, we tried to get in, but you know what we found? We found uh, that Westminster Abbey was very well guarded. In fact, every five feet, there was a soldier with a machine gun. We didn't even get past checkpoint A. There was no way that we were gonna get near it because the President of the United States was being incredibly well guarded. What the scripture is telling us is that the peace of God is a guard over our hearts and minds. That the peace of God stands guard and stands guard and stands at attention and is well armed to keep away all the things that would destroy that peace within our lives. And you say, Jim, does that mean that I can have peace in my life even when I'm going through a dark time, even regardless of the human sorrow that I experience? And I'm saying that's exactly what the peace is that we're talking about biblically this morning. Listen up, church. Know this, that I love you. And I know that many in our church are going through difficult days during this pandemic. We've lost loved ones. We've lost income. We feel isolated. Um, there's pandemic fatigue everywhere. We feel it's slightly lifting at this point, but we know we're not there. And I'll tell you, things are tough. And people are having a tough time. I'm talking about something that is beyond the touch and reach of humanity. I'm talking about a, the fruit of the Spirit, a peace that comes supernaturally from God, that the world cannot take away or rob or steal. I'm talking this morning about a peace that only God can give you by the work of his Holy Spirit. This will change your life, peace that comes through God, by Jesus Christ, in the power of the Spirit, the peace of God, which is the gift for every believer that knows him. The third experience of peace that the Bible talks about is peace on earth. And this is a relational experience. Matthew chapter 5, verse 9 says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called 
the sons of God, the children of God, the sons and daughters of the living God. If you'll, if you'll allow me, I want to finish this uh, talk, this sermon, on talking about the peace of God and the call of God upon every Christian to be a peacemaker. Why? Because for the Christian, this is the toughest kind of peace. Because the call of God is upon us to make peace, to go the extra mile, to turn the cheek, to uh, pick up our cross and to follow Jesus daily. And yet I'm also convinced that if we possess this kind of peace, it would break open the floodgates into the kingdom of God. And if our culture and our, and our communities would see this kind of peace, the kind of, of, of reconciliation, the kind of peacemaking that is all about giving and not receiving, a peace that the world doesn't know, I will tell you, I really believe with all my heart, Jesus would become so attractive to all our neighbors and, and to our entire nation if they would just see this kind of peacemaking in the lives of those who follow Christ. Well, let me tell you how to be a peacemaker. How to be a peacemaker. It's simply this. Emphasize reconciliation, not resolution. Listen to what 2 Corinthians 5.18 says. 2 Corinthians 5.18 says, All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Understand this. Reconciliation means to reestablish relationship, where resolution means to resolve every problem. And there's a difference between the two. We're not after resolving every problem that exists in the world, but we are about reconciling people to one another and reconciling people to God. There's a difference between the two. So let me advise you, don't try and resolve every issue. You know we're different. We're individuals. And I can promise you that not every issue is going to be resolved. But no matter how much I may work at it or want it, the issue that may be outstanding will not be resolved. But we can always work towards reconciliation. We can always work towards loving one another. So the three experiences of peace, the three experiences of peace that comes by the work of the Holy Spirit. The first is peace with God. It's a spiritual experience. It's a peace that comes from having assurance of faith in Jesus. Secondly, there's the peace of God. It's an emotional experience, and it's a peace that guards our hearts and minds and stands guard over it so that nothing can come against it. And then the third kind of peace is peace on earth, and it's a relational peace. And it's God's call upon our life as followers of Christ to be peacemakers, to answer the call to be peacemakers. Let me just ask you a question in closing. Do you need peace? Do you need peace in your life? Would you like to see more peace in your heart 
in the world around you? And would you like to be a peacemaker and to take the ministry of reconciliation to others? I'll tell you how it comes. It comes through the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. And so what we need to do is we need to ask the Holy Spirit, as Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, to walk in step with the Spirit, the person of the Spirit. To walk in step with the person of the Spirit. And to ask him to fill our lives and to, and to stir up within us the fruit of peace. I need more of that peace. And I believe all of us do. So let me pray. I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us that God would stir up peace. Peace with God, the peace of God, and the peace of, of God with one another. Let's pray together. Father, just as we close our time together, I really want to ask you, I really want to ask you, I want to ask you to send your spirit in such a way that it would fill the hearts of each and every person. Every person who's listening, every person who's watching, every person within the sound of my voice that desires the fruit of peace. I pray that you would stir up the peace that only comes from the person and work of the Holy Spirit of God. So Spirit of God, we ask you, we ask you to come. We ask you to fill us with your presence and your power. We ask you to bear much fruit in our lives in the way of peace so that we might have peace with our Father in heaven. We might have peace in our hearts in these dark and troubled times but as well that we might answer the call to be a peacemaker to those around us. And we might have the ministry of reconciliation, making things right between us and others and helping to make things right between others and God. So Father, we ask that the Spirit of God would glorify the Son through stirring up this work of the Holy Spirit in us May we bear much fruit as your children and as those who are the temple of the living God. And we ask this for the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us today online. It's great to be together as a church, Milton Bible Church, one church family in many homes. God bless you guys. Looking forward to seeing you soon face to face. And uh, God is good. So bless you. See you later. Have a good week.